Hey, New Life students, uh, such an honor to be here with you today to enter into God's Word. As Pastor Victor said earlier, um, over the next couple weeks or foreseeable future, we're going to uh, gather here online, uh, worship together, uh, and just enter into the Scriptures, specifically the Gospel of John. Uh, over the next few weeks. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to grab them and I want you to open up to John 1. This is uh, one of the sweetest New Testament passages um, that's really going to set the precedent for what we're going to talk about uh, over the next uh, several weeks. So uh, if you have your Bibles, John 1, we're going to start in verse 1. Before we hop into God's Word, let's go ahead and center ourselves in prayer. Father, we love you. Lord, and we thank you that even now, your presence is here with us. You're pursuing us. You're coming after us. Lord, I pray for myself. I pray for my brothers and my sisters um, that you would set our eyes before you in this time. I pray that you would make your word alive to us. Lord, I pray that you'd give us minds to understand, eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to believe in your precious and holy Amen. All right, John 1, starting in verse 1, we're going to do 14 verses. This is what it says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace, and truth. I absolutely love this passage. This is such a distinct opening to a gospel, unlike that of, of the other synoptic gospels. So we have Matthew, Mark, and Luke who, who kind of have this precedent where they're opening up and they're, they're, they're going to maybe give the genealogy of Christ or give an account of the birth of Christ, but we see John take a different approach here. He starts with these three very simple words, in the beginning. In the beginning, and he, he begins to emphasize the word. The word. Now, if you know kind of your biblical history, is, is you're, if you're a first century Jew reading this text, immediately your mind is going to Genesis 1 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it's so unique that John began using these words. And I think what he's really wanting to get after right here is that God sends his word. To accomplish his purposes. In both cases we see this in Genesis 1 and in John 1. When we look back to Genesis 1 we see in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. You see God created the world by his spoken word. 
And when we, when we hear these three words in the beginning, immediately our minds goes to kind of a past event where we're saying, okay, wait a minute, we're looking back at the beginning of time. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And if you know Jewish history here, and if you know kind of the, the narrative that takes place here, you know that we see a God who creates his creation and he calls it good. But we know when we hit Genesis 3, something happens that kind of takes it and tweaks it and fractures it. And it's not just humanity that gets broken here in this moment. It's all of creation. And so we have set the context where as we're entering into John's gospel, John understands that something has gone wrong with humanity since the beginning of time. We're a broken humanity. We're a sinful humanity. We're a humanity in need of a savior. What the beautiful thing about this passage is, is John doesn't just keep it in a, in a looking back context. Yes, in the beginning was the word, but the very reality that he's getting after in these 14 verses is that the word has been made flesh now. And he has dwelt among us. So as opposed to saying, hey, look back and, and kind of remember what has gone wrong. We are seeing now that God has not just accomplished his purposes through the spoken word. But God has sent us a savior through the incarnate word, namely Jesus Christ. So we have, we have a response here from God that's saying, I'm not just going to create all things and call it good by my spoken word. I'm going to redeem all things by my incarnate word. And this is really, really important because as, as we're going to start this series called Jesus is I Am. What we're attempting to show you here is, is John's primary objective of this gospel. And he, he kind of states his primary objective in John 20, verse 31. This is what he says. He said, but these are written that you may believe. That you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. So the objective that John is wanting us to see here, if, if, if we were to walk away from anything else over going through this gospel, one thing that you have to see and you cannot miss is that Jesus is God. Jesus is I am. And it's within these lenses of these first 14 verses that John intends us to read the rest of this book. As we're going to read all of the things that Jesus says and Jesus does, all the miracles that he works, all the signs that he performs, we're supposed to understand it in light of Jesus is God. He is the Word. He was in the beginning with God, and he was God. Jesus is I so there's three simple realities that I think we can take away from these first 14 verses. That if we can grasp this, we can really get into what God intends to have for us in the book of John. The first reality is this. is that, In lack of better words, it's Jesus' cosmic reality. Cosmic reality. And this is what I mean by that. Going back to verse 3 and 4, it says, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. What John is saying here is that Christ's coming, Jesus coming to earth, is not just simply an impact on God's chosen people or the Jewish people. This is an impact on all of humanity. All of humanity. So this isn't just simply good news for God's people that he chose through the line of Abraham back in Genesis 12. No, this is good news for all of humanity. Jesus was the light for all of men. All of men. 
And this is such good news. Such good news not just for the Jews. Such good news not just for the Gentiles. Such good news not just for humanity. But this is good news for all of creation. Brothers and sisters, hear me. This is God showing all of his creation that despite their disobedience, despite their sin, despite their brokenness, he has not turned his back and walked away. We're living in a really unprecedented time right now. And in a very similar way, a first century Jew living in Jerusalem was living in a very unprecedented time. There's a lot of unknowns, a lot of unknowns. And there are a lot of questions that begin to circle when you see suffering or brokenness for a long period of time. And I'm, I'm willing to bet many of you are stirring with these questions right now, like many of us are stirring with these questions right now. God, where are you? Where are you? Why have you allowed it to come to this? Why, why are we sitting here in the midst of a global pandemic? Why are we sitting in, in the midst of an economy that might be crashing or, or, or circumstances that surround us? Maybe you've been living in isolation for the last several months and you're wrestling with your trust in the Lord or, or you're wrestling with some really depressing thoughts and you're going, God, where are you in the midst of this? What is your answer to this brokenness? And brothers and sisters, I need you to hear me today that John has the answer for you in John 1, 1 through 14. God's response to the brokenness, not just up to our, our current circumstances, but to the brokenness of all of time, is Jesus Christ, or in essence, himself. He has not turned his back on us. He has not walked away. No, his response has been to save us and redeem us in the person of Jesus Christ. This is not just good news for the Jews. This is good news for all of humanity for all of creation. So we see this kind of cosmic reality that affects everything in the universe. But the second reality that we see is, is an eternal reality in Jesus. An eternal reality. And this is what I mean by that. And this is really simple, but it's profound. Because if, if we cannot grasp this as Christians, then the entirety of our faith begins to kind of deconstruct itself. And that's simply that Jesus is God. John 1.1, 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god now the question that we can simply ask here is okay well then who is the word who is the word now the the answer becomes obvious is this is an account centered on the person of jesus christ but then we get the answer again in john 1:14 when he said and the word became flesh and dwelt among us if we cannot see that jesus is in fact fully god then the work that Jesus has come to accomplish for us cannot be accomplished. We need a God who is all of God. In essence, we need perfect love to satisfy perfect love. It's the only thing that's going to work in order for us to have a Savior. So what John's wanting us to understand is, is Jesus is not simply a moral teacher. He's not simply just a rabbi. He's not someone who simply has this kind of unique divine essence about his person. No. This is God himself made man to humanity to answer the broken reality that humanity has found themselves in. Jesus is God. There is an eternal reality behind John's setting of the context for the work Jesus is going to do. This is not just a temporary work. It's an eternal work. But finally, we see that an essential reality 
set in the context of John 1, 14. Verses 12 and 13, it says this, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of the blood, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. What John wants us to understand here is that the beautiful thing about this gospel, but, but more than that, the, the, what's more beautiful than the miracles we're about to see Jesus perform in this writing, what's more beautiful than the discourse or his sayings that we're about to, to hear Jesus give, and there are some beautiful things that we're going to catch from this text, and John 15, where he, Jesus is saying, I am the vine, and, and we're going to look into to John, John 3, 16, that all classic for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son as a, as a response to Nicodemus. What John's wanting us to see is that, yes, the, the, the miracles are beautiful. The, the teaching is beautiful. But none are more beautiful than God himself. You see, brothers and sisters, John has come to reveal to us the glory of Christ, not the glory of his gifts. And if we can grasp this, especially in a season right now, where, where what becomes so cherished is not the answer to your broken circumstance. So, so maybe not more money if you're in the midst of, of, of your fa family scrambling. Maybe, maybe not exactly healing if you're in the midst of sickness right now. What he is saying is to be the people of God is to cherish the word. The word being Jesus. And to see that that word is what we need. Not what that word can give. Later in John, John 14, we're going to see Jesus say a very profound I am statement. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Throughout John's gospel, we see him do a lot of, Jesus do a lot of profound things. We see him uh, raise people from the dead. And in fact, we see him raise himself from the dead. But what we, what we need to see is not just that Jesus can raise us from the dead, but that Jesus, in fact, is our resurrection. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is the word. Jesus is God. So brothers and sisters, as we enter into this series, as we enter into seeing Jesus as I am, my prayer for you today is that your hope would be restored and that you'd remember God hasn't turned his back. He has not walked away from us. In fact, it's the opposite. He has drawn close to us in the person of Jesus Christ. So as we go from here, I want to bless you. But I want to encourage you as, as we walk week to week here and, and as we still don't know, hey, what is this supposed to look like? When can we gather again? When, when can things get back to normal? We're asking the question a lot because a lot of things have changed. I want you to turn your eyes to the thing that doesn't change. And that's the truth that Jesus is I am. Your God is present. Your God has come close to you. Your God has not turned his back on you. So brothers and sisters, may you know that Jesus is, I am. He was in the beginning with God. He is God. He's coming after you. He is pursuing you. May you not be discouraged. May you hold fast to the truth and to the belief that your God loves you and he cares for you and he's present with you in this time. Blessings.